You're listening to Catholic Chicago. Ahead, the Archdiocese of Chicago brings you programs about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Welcome to Catholic Chicago. Good morning, and welcome to Lifelong Journey, a radio program hosted by the Office of Lifelong Faith Formation. My name is Clarissa Alhintera, and I am your host this morning. Uh, this morning, joining us uh, via Teams Link is Father Tirso Villaverde. He's the pastor of St. Julie Billiard uh, down in um, the southwest side of Chicago. And this morning, actually, we are going to be talking a little bit about Simbangabi and uh, the opportunity for catechesis and evangelization. And what happens to be really special this year is that uh, the Philippines is celebrating 500 years of Christianity. So there's just a lot going on. Uh, if you haven't had an opportunity to learn about the novena of Simbangabi, this is, uh, this is your chance to kind of learn more and, and just hear more from Father Tirso. So before we get started, Father Tirso, how are you this morning? I'm doing very well. Awesome. That's that's really good. It's good to see you. Uh, I know that I've interviewed you or chatted with you before, um, yes. and I know that we are <laughs> getting ready for Simbangabi, and ad we're, here we are in Advent as well. So I imagine there's a, there's a lot going in the life of a parish priest. Um, but, you know, one of the things that I thought was special about, you know, bringing you on for our December show was really an opportunity just to talk about Oh, the 500-year celebration of Christianity in the Philippines. And, you know, I know that COVID uh, has really prevented, you know, large uh, celebrations of, of our faith. But, you know, what does it look like for you in Chicago? And can you tell our listeners before we talk more about Simbangabi, you know, what, what are some things that you've seen or heard or what does that celebration look like here locally? Well, I mean... Of course, last year, we uh, the 500th anniversary was actually, I believe, in 2020. But it's been extended, even in the Philippines, it's been extended to uh, for a while because of the COVID pan pandemic. And so we haven't really had a chance as an archdiocese to celebrate this milestone. And so I thought that with this upcoming Simbangabi Novena, it's a good, it would be a good way to kind of connect both the, the Novena as well as the 500th anniversary. So this year's novena has, I've, uh, I've kind of set it up as, as a way to not only celebrate the novena, but also as, a, as an act of thanksgiving for 500 years of Catholicism in the Philippines. It's, it, it, hopefully it's a beginning. Hopefully in the year to come, we might be able to celebrate a little bit more this act, the actual milestone um, but at least with the uh, with the ability to resume Simbanga Bidamvina, uh, we can at least incorporate the two. Yeah, no, that yeah, I I do remember um, le reading a little bit about about it 
uh, via the website. And um, I thought that was a really beautiful way um, to kind of enter into a celebration that you're right. I mean, because yes, it was last year, but there's also this prolonged opportunity for celebration, you know, given, given that. And so um, I don't know if you're able to talk about you know, what that celebration, I mean, hopefully, you know, the archdiocese or we, you know, we as the local people can continue to celebrate. Um, so what are, what can that look like for us? Or what, where have you seen other places where, you know, what does the celebration look like in other, maybe other dioceses or even depending on, you know, what stories maybe we would have heard from the Filipino community in the Philippines? Um, I don't think there's too many dioceses that have had celebrations for the 500th anniversary. I know a lot of the a lot of the dioceses have uh, postponed things. Um, I I know on the east coast there have been some celebrations, um, maybe on a lower scale uh, rather than uh, rather than a big blowout uh, kind of event. And same with the west coast, some of the dioceses there have ha have had some simple events. I am also I am in conversation with some of the Filipino clergy in the in the Archdiocese of Chicago. And hopefully we might be able to plan something for sometime during 2022. Um, just uh, so we're, we're actually just starting to brainstorm, uh, trying to maybe in, uh, touch, touch on some of the big celebrations that we have in the Philippines, maybe like Holy Week, uh, the Flores de, uh, Flores de Mayo, the May crowning, um, and um, even the Santo Nino celebration. So trying to figure out ways that we can incorporate all of those into one celebration as an act of Thanksgiving and celebration for the 500 years. Yeah. But that, uh, that, that, part is, that part is kind of in the pre-planning stages for now, but I'm just glad that we can resume the Simbangabino Vina because, you know, the Simbangabino Vina, if, uh, for those who are not familiar with it, it was, it was instituted as a way to catechize and evangelize the early Filipinos. And so since, uh, since we're celebrating 500 years of Catholicism in the Philippines, um, what better way of giving thanks for that milestone than to really focus on catechesis and evangelization, even in, our, even in the Simbangabina Vina for this year. Yeah. So I know that um, as someone who's attended a number of Simbangabina Venus, can you tell us a little bit about in the time of COVID, you know, what you know, did the novena take a break? And then for those of us, actually, let me back up, I guess. Um, tell us a little bit more about, you know, what the novena is and, you know, how how it's celebrated here locally. What is it you know, what does it look like pre-COVID and maybe what is it going to look like now? Well, pre-COVID, of course, I mean, well, this, the history of Simpangabi in the Archdiocese started about 30 years ago, I believe, um, when, the, when the Filipino community started, uh, started to bring the custom here. Of course, in, back in the Philippines, the masses were pre-dawn, which would be impractical here, given the weather and given uh, other factors. Um, so instead of, uh, instead of having the masses pre-dawn, here we decided to have them in the evening. Um, so, so that it, so that it's so that it would be more conducive to people, uh, uh, people's schedule and things like that. Um, Pre-COVID, of course, part of the uh, part of the celebrations of Simba Gabi Novena always included, um, what do you call it, a reception, 
uh, uh, kind of like a party after each mass. Last year, because we were in the height of the pandemic, we did not have an official archdiocesan, archdiocesan schedule for Simbangabi, but parishes were kind of left, uh, left up to their own decisions whether they would host something or not. Some did, but many did not because of the, because of the restrictions that we had last year. This year, we can, uh, some of those restrictions, of course, and the protocols are, have changed, but I have encouraged parishes perhaps this year to forego a formal reception after mass just because with different people coming to different parishes and, and from different parishes, we just wanted to be very careful and cautious that no one was bringing to any particular parish community um, any, uh, the, the COVID virus or any kind of virus uh, for that matter, um, because we don't want to, we don't want to, we don't want to see any parish community having to shut down before, be, right before Christmas. I mean, last year we, uh, we at St. Julie's had a simple plan for Simbangabi, but unfortunately our plans had to be canceled because I myself got sick about this time last year and about seven other of my staff members did as well. So we had to shut the parish down for about two weeks. And so we had to cancel everything, which was kind of saddening, but uh, we had to do it. So this year, again, just we're thankful that we can resume the custom, but we're, uh, we're choosing not to have a formal reception only because just to, just to play it cautious, play it safe, um, and just uh, we're instead so instead we're going we're providing like what do you call that to go snack boxes so that people can take them with uh, take them with them after after the mass but not gather inside. Awesome. Well, we'll take a we'll take a short break and then we'll come right back and hear more. an old bicycle that's not being used? Consider donating it to Catholic Charities Veterans Bike Project of Lake County. Skilled volunteers are refurbishing bicycles to make them safe and ready to be used by veterans to get to and from their new places of work. We also gratefully accept financial contributions that are used to purchase bike helmets and other safety accessories. Our veterans have faithfully served the United States and now it is our privilege to serve them. For more information on the Veterans Bike Project of Lake County, call 847-782-4219. That's 847-782-4219. 
I feel special. <laughs> I feel great. I got good grades. We've seen a huge surge in our kids now meeting or exceeding grade level. Come check us out. You may have never thought we were an option before. Ancestry and genealogy are more important every day. People all over the world are wanting to learn more about their family heritage for personal and for health reasons. At Catholic Charities, we are hearing from adults who lived for a brief time at St. Vincent's Orphanage, the wonderful life-affirming agency that operated out of our headquarters for 91 years, serving thousands of women, children, and families until it closed in 1972. Our post-adoption services help adults who want to learn more about their experience at St. Vincent's. Our compassionate staff members provide whatever family background information they can offer, along with support and reunion services. To learn more, call 312-655-7093. That's 312-655-7093. The spirit of St. Vincent's lives on in the inspiring stories that continue to emerge today. Good morning, and we're back with Lifelong Journey, a radio program hosted by the Office of Lifelong Faith Formation in the Archdiocese of Chicago. My name is Clarissa Alhintera, and I'm your host in this morning. Uh, Anna on, on the Teams with, uh, <laughs> I'm on Teams link with Father Tirso Villaverde, and he's the pastor at St. Julie Billiard. And we've been talking about uh, the 500-year quincentennial of Christianity in the Philippines, as well as kind of Simbanga B and, and the unique opportunity we have here uh, as Filipino-Americans in, in the city of Chicago to really celebrate, you know, to kind of continue the celebration of our faith. Um, but also, you know, I'm, um, I'm kind of curious, Father Tirso, you know, one of the questions, you know, we like to ask our, our guests when they come on is, you know, so let's say you are listening to this radio program and you've never heard of Simbanga B. Uh, you know, like what are, you know, what are some reasons or why, how are, you know, how are our listeners kind of impacted, you know, by this novena and, you know, is it something that, you know, they, they should maybe take time to learn about, to celebrate, you know, to find a place to, to kind of encounter? Okay. Well, you know, the history of Simbanga B is, uh, is just as old as Catholicism in the Philippines, because, uh, of course, the initial, the first missionaries we're, think, uh, we're thinking of a way to help spread and catechize the faith, uh, catechize the ancient Filipino people. And so they thought of a novena pre, uh, for nine days before Christmas to honor the Virgin Mary. And of course, uh, because those days were reserved for Advent, special permission had to be granted by Rome to have, the, to have a novena in honor of the Virgin Mary. And so, but, uh, so permission was granted. And so the nine days of Novena Masses are meant to be a, um, a solemnity to the Virgin Mary. And so white vestments can be used, the Gloria can be sung, but the stipulation, uh, stip the condition was that each, the intention for each Mass 
had to be had to be for the propagation and the spread of the Catholic faith. So meaning catechizing, evangelizing, and, and all the efforts of uh, bringing the faith to uh, to the people. And so, and so that be, that became the that became the 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 purpose of the of the of the novena. And so to this day, we can uh, to this day we are celebrating that spread of the Catholic faith as we honor the Virgin Mary. Um, and th this year, each day is going to be dedicated to different ministries involved in catechesis and evangelization. And I've invited and invited and encouraged parishes in their planning to include the prayers that, uh, that are specific to those ministries and invite those involved in those ministries to attend the Simbanga B Novena so that they can, uh, they can be prayed for and hopefully maybe even receive a special blessing during, during the Novena for their work in catechesis and evangelization. Does that answer your question, Clarissa? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it does. Uh, it, it, it very much does. I think one of the things that I found very unique to celebrating Simbanga be here um, is that every night of the novena, there's a different lens or a different, you know, a different group, a different ministry that 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 is prayed for. Um, I've celebrated Simbanga be in other uh, churches in the U.S. Uh, you know, not necessarily here in the Chicagoland area. And one of the things I found very unique is that is that you know the one night or you know every night is is you know. Um, is an opportunity to pray for, to bless, to kind of give yeah. thanks for that. And is that something that is, you know, has been part of the tradition here locally for as long as you you can remember? Or um, here, when the when the custom was started, there was a theme assigned to each night. Um, so that has been the case uh, for the last thirty years or so since we've had Simbangabi in the Archdiocese of Chicago. And so again, I just continued that uh, continued that custom, and then uh, and considering again that I wanted to incorporate the 500th anniversary instead of themes, I, assi I assigned different ministries to each night. Again, ministries that are involved with either catechesis or evangelization. So obviously, like catechists, Catholic school teachers, even parents as the first teachers of the faith and one night for the youth and young adult because they are of course the future of the of the of the church um, and priests and deacons and religious so i tried to i tried to dedicate uh, each night to a specific ministry that is again involved in catechesis or evangelization of some nature yeah no i think that's that yeah i that's um I think that's really beautiful, and I think um, it's an opportunity, you know, for those who, who might not have a, an experience of Simbanga, be just to come and celebrate, you know, to get to get prayed over, to meet other members of their community, or even, you know, if it's not in their parish, perhaps, you know, an opportunity to venture to a nearby parish, you know, and yes. and kind of share in in that way. Um, so since. Um, since this is, this is the radio program, you know, hosted by the Office of Lifelong Faith Formation, one of the things that I want to ask you in your experience of Simbanga B, you know, here, especially as, you know, um, in, in the Archdiocese of Chicago is, you know, where, you know, in your own personal experience as a priest, you know, where have you encountered Jesus, you know, during this novena, whether it's in the planning, you know, whether it's in the celebration of the Eucharist, you know, whether it's just in, in being community with, you know, with the people? 
And if you I have like one story or two stories. I think it's clearly in the Eucharist because the uh, because the Eucharist is the has always been the central focus of the Simbanga Binovina. Uh, I mean, here in the Archdiocese, a lot of focus has been put on the um, the reception, the party afterwards, the food, which is good, but sometimes we may have lost the focus because the focus is in the Eucharist. And every time I see, every every time I, uh, I, I I'm every time I'm invited to join in the join in the Simbanga B Mass for at a particular parish, that Eucharistic celebration is always the the center uh, central focus, the center point in uh, for me. I mean, obviously, it's the clearest moment when we see Jesus, but it's also uh, it's also we it's also a help to be able to see Jesus through the faith of the people. And again, it comes out most clearly when we celebrate the Eucharist. And so this year, even though uh, even though mo most parishes have opted out of having a reception because of COVID concerns, I've encouraged the leaders, it's a way to focus once again on the real center point of the novena, which is the mass. So hopefully we will we'll be able to experience Jesus a whole lot more in the Eucharist and really focus on focus on that, and rather uh, rather than uh, rather than be so focused on the details of the party or the reception or the food that we just kind of miss the point. And so I'm looking forward to the uh, to being able to, to 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 show people that yes, we can have Simbanga B novena without uh, without a reception, but we cannot have Simbanga B without mass. Uh, and I can't any stories right now so i'm tr i'm trying to think well good for you we are going to take a quick break so if there's a story that comes to you during the break you know we'll come back and i'll check in uh but hang tight folks we'll be right back Throughout the COVID-19 pandemic, Catholic Charities has continued to respond to the needs of people who come to us for assistance. More than 850,000 meals and food parcels have been offered to those who are struggling with food insecurity. Over 108,000 homelessness prevention hotline calls have been answered. Over 22,000 people have received mental health services and $2 million in financial assistance has been provided to keep people housed. If you or someone you know needs assistance, email us at gethelp at catholiccharities.net. That's gethelp at catholiccharities.net. Or call 312-655-7700. That's 312-655-7700. Before, during, and after COVID-19, Catholic Charities is here for you. We are at the Most Blessed Trinity Parish Food Pantry in Waukegan. And here we uh, care for people in need. There was definitely an uptick in the needs for services. We doubled our volume after COVID hit. From servicing about 250 families a week to about 500 a week. 
We supply bread, tortillas, vegetables, milk, cheese, butter, uh, proteins, fish, chicken, eggs. Well, the annual Catholic Appeal has been a tremendous help to us, especially over the past year and a half. Without the annual Catholic Appeal, we might have to close our doors. Um, our parish is the largest one in the Archdiocese, but it's very poor. We think about food and we think about nourishment, but we also nourish the soul, provide that connection to humanity. The good works here are made possible through the annual Catholic Appeal. Make your gift at annualcatholicappeal.com. All right, and we're back with Lifelong Journey, a radio program hosted by the Office of Lifelong Formation. Uh, my name is Clarissa Alhantara, and I'm your host this morning. Joining me via Teams link, Teams video, uh, is Father Tirsa. And we, before we headed to break, uh, I invited Father Tirsa to maybe share a story, uh, a personal story, perhaps of you know how how you encountered Christ, kind of um, in Simbangabi. Yes, the Eucharist. I don't know if that time away <laughs> gave you gave you. Well, if, and if not, that's okay. Actually, you know, uh, the only thing that I could think of is a lot of times when, and I I'm guilty of this as much as anyone else. You know, we plan, we prepare. We, we've talked, we, you know, we talk about uh, Simbangabi planning months before, ju uh, just as an example here in the Southwest area, we've been talking about Simbangabi in the area since September. And so each month we've been planning, we've been preparing, but a lot of times I just remember a thing, moments like moments where after all of the preparation, after all of the conversations and, and, and making sure that all the I's are dotted, all the T's are crossed. When the, when the day comes, something goes wrong and so, uh, something's missing or whatever it might be. And people can, people and I myself included can lose, uh, can kind of go crazy because, because something went wrong. But it's, in, it's even in that moment where Jesus actually reminds us, you know, you're preparing for my coming. You know, and if I want to come in, the, in a certain way, I'm going to come. So don't, don't worry about all of those little details. Let me come. And so even, even when something goes wrong, it, just, it's a, it's, it becomes a reminder that, one, we're not in control, and two, we're really preparing for someone else who is God and who's, he's the one in control. So let him let him do his work we let him do what he needs to do and that we ju we just become those instruments yeah yeah no that's that's very true i mean that's um i don't know if you can also see this the images on screen well if you're listening on I, the radio you can't <laughs> some of the the things i'm seeing on screen that they've put up uh the images of the parole you know images of you know p uh old pictures of you know, when we've celebrated the Simbangabi Mass here in the Archdiocese, and um, just it's it's okay. It's tough when we're when you're on teams, uh, and so I'm just kind of explaining for the audience. But you know, one of the things I know this isn't a sheet. This isn't a question on the sheet. But you know, if you're able to see this on on the team's Facebook 
link later YouTube. You know, uh, some of the images that I that I love and people really associate with Simbanga B is the parole. Um, yes. And I, I don't know if you, you know, can you explain the significance of what that parole means and, you know, why I know in the instructions for Simbanga B, people can process in with a parole if they, you know, if that's something that they have yeah. at their parish. Um, actually, I've done a little research, a little further research about the parole in the Philippines, and it, it actually is more, it's a more, uh, it's a more ancient than we think it might, uh, uh, no, we might think of. Um because uh, versions of the parole lantern were um, were used in, in various parts of the Philippines for for practical purposes, as well as um, as as a symbol of celebration. So even even from the very beginning, the parole lantern was a was a reminder of a joyful celebration. I like to think I like to explain the parole as having a practical purpose as well as a symbolic purpose. Of course, the practical purpose is if you remember fi about 500 years ago when there was no electricity in the Philippines or anywhere else for that matter, having masses in the, dar uh, in the darkness of the, of the dawn, it made it very difficult for people to walk to church without any light. And so people would hang the parole in their, uh, in their doorways so that it would it would kind of light up the dark streets, and then provide people with some light to guide them to where they will encounter Jesus, which of course would be the uh, would be would be the town church for the Eucharist. So in that there's that symbol uh, in that uh, there's the symbol that even in the parole, the people were sharing faith because they were helping to guide one another to the encounter of Jesus in the Eucharist. And of course, the star shape, uh, the star shape of the, of the parole symbolizes as well the the star of Bethlehem that also led the wise men to the uh, to the Christ child. So just as we look at the parole, we are reminded that uh, we are reminded to look for Christ, to look for Jesus where we might find him again in the Eucharist, in one another, and in joyful celebration, because uh, the parole is. You know, when Filipinos see the parole, there's, they become synonymous with a very joy-filled mm -hmm. celebration. You know, when when uh, the fir the very first moment when uh, when when a parole is seen, either in a you know someone's window or on the streets, they know it's it's time for celebration. It's time for joy. Um, so uh, so that has become that has be that has become the parole has become very synonymous with that idea of celebration for the Filipino Catholic. That's awesome. <laughs> See, I love, I love even in this time learning. We're going to take another quick break and we'll come right back.
Catholic Charities Veterans Employment Services help veterans find and maintain employment through job readiness training, resume writing assistance, mock interviews, and job placement counseling. We work with a wide array of employers and community partners to help veterans reach their career goals. We owe a debt of gratitude to all of our veterans for the sacrifices they made to serve our nation. It is our privilege now to assist them. To learn more about Catholic Charities Veterans Employment Program in Cook County, call 773-808-2954. In Lake County, call 847-782-4219. You can also learn more at catholiccharities.net. To all United States veterans, thank you for your service. Welcome back. Es fabuloso verlos. Dobrze jest znowu być razem. It's good to be together again. After so many months apart, pandemic capacity limits have been lifted, and we want to welcome everyone back to church. We can all pray together again. And listen as our choirs lift their voices in song. We've been together in spirit. And now when you are ready, our doors are open wide. Nuestras puertas están abiertas de par en par. Nasze drzwi są otwarte. And we're here to welcome you back to Catholic Mass. The cemetery ministry is a core ministry of our Catholic faith tied to the corporal works of mercy. It's comforting to know that our Catholic cemeteries are caring for the remains of our loved ones awaiting the resurrection. There are 44 Archdiocese of Chicago Catholic cemeteries willing to help you in your time of loss. Call 708-449-6100 or visit catholiccemeterychicago.org. Catholic cemeteries, serving the Catholic community since 1837. You're listening to Catholic Chicago. Ahead, the Archdiocese of Chicago brings you programs about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Thanks for letting us be part of your morning. Now again, Catholic Chicago. Good morning, and we're back with Lifelong Journey, a radio program hosted by the Office of Lifelong Faith Formation in the Archdiocese of Chicago. I'm here this morning with Father Tierso, and we, we, we've been talking about Simbanga B, and most recently, right before break, we were actually talking about the history of the parole. And so I, I thank you so much for kind of sharing that with us. Uh, Father Tierso, you know, when we think about uh, Simbanga B, and for you personally, uh, is there a favorite scripture passage that you've, like, I don't know, that... that that just makes it all real for you or, you know, one that really speaks to your heart when you think about Simbangabi um, and kind of, you know, your experience in it. Oh, um, I didn't even think of that. Um, there's so many scripture passages that, uh, that, uh, that speak. Um, but I think the first one that's coming to my mind is actually the one that we're going to be hearing this coming Sunday as part of the second reading. It comes from St. Paul's letter to the Philippians, where he says, 
that, that, he, that he is confident that the one who has begun a good work in you will bring it to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Those are words that really speak to me, uh, speak to me because they're words that I heard at ordination. And I've actually used those words as part of a, from time to time in my own personal greetings to different people. Um, it's uh, sometimes it's a way that I close my letters just as uh, just using St. Paul's words. It reminds us that God has already begun something good in us and he's bringing it to completion. He's going to, fin he's going to finish the good work that he has begun in us. Sometimes what, uh, sometimes what we forget is God has already begun something good. We, can we tend to think that because of our own sinfulness, of our weaknesses, that we've messed things up so bad and that, we've, that we tend to dwell on, on, the, on the negative. But St. Paul's words remind us something good has already begun and God is going to continue, the, uh, continue that good work. So this Advent time and the Simbangabina Vina just begin, becomes that way of remembering that God has begun something good and he's not finished yet. And he's still, he's still finishing it in each of us. And, in, and, and, and he will help, he'll ultimately be finished when Christ returns. And so that fills us with hope and that kind of helps, has helped me to bring a special focus this year to, to the Simbangabina for myself, just remembering that God has already begun something good and we're going to be capable of even more good if we allow him to, if we allow him to work in us. So that, that particular passage has kind of spoken to me this year more than any, um, than others. <laughs> so that's, that, that's perfect. That, that's a really wonderful story. And uh, a reading that I'm going to I'm going to pre-read before <laughs> before mass because okay. it's a beautiful one. But we're going to take another quick break and we'll come right back. gently used laptop or desktop computer that is gathering dust in your home? Consider donating to our Catholic Charities Veterans Computer Project. We will clean out your device, give it new software, and repurpose it for a veteran who is looking for employment. Your gift will make an incredible difference in a veteran's ability to find a job. Catholic Charities provides veteran services throughout Lake and suburban Cook Counties, giving participants an array of professional and personal support. Our veterans have served our country, and it is our privilege to serve them. To learn more about Catholic Charities Veterans Services and the Veterans Computer Project, call 847-782-4219. That's 847-782-4219.
I feel special. <laughs> I feel great. I got good grades. We've seen a huge surge in our kids now meeting or exceeding grade level. Come check us out. You may have never thought we were an option before. Catholic Charities in Lake County provides a comprehensive range of social services supporting individuals, families, and older adults. These include crisis assistance, shelter, clothing, family support, counseling, legal assistance, primary health care, and specialized services for seniors and veterans. Grab-and-go meals and food pantries help those who are experiencing food insecurity. Plus, we have a diaper depot to support low-income families and their infants. If we can assist you or someone you know, please call Catholic Charities of Lake County at 847-782-4000. That's 847-782-4000. Good morning, and we're back with Lifelong Journey, a radio program hosted by the Office of Lifelong Faith Formation. And uh, we've been spending the morning with Father Tirso and talking about Simbunga B. And uh, so, Father Tirso, uh, we've talked about uh, this year's kind of theme, or not really theme, I mean opportunities for us to enter into the novena through the lens of evangelization and catechesis and, you know, kind of celebrating that. And I was wondering, you know, what does our, you know, where does it say in our scripture or cate catechism uh, or any other kind of church-related document that this is, um, you know, this is an opportunity for us to, to meet people in, in different ways using the lens of evangelization and catechesis? I don't know if you want to say more about that. I mean, encountering people is, is really at the heart of evangelization and catechesis. I mean, evangelization is... Evangelization happens when we encounter one another in, in the light of faith. Um, and then after we encounter people, after we meet people where they are, catechesis comes afterwards because that's when we start, that's when we begin to teach them the faith. That's really how the first missionaries operated. They met people, they, uh, and so that, that was the first moment of evangelization. And as that relationship began to be established, they uh, they began to teach the faith. And so, and after teaching the faith, people began to embracing uh, to embrace the faith and then make it their own way of life. So that so this is at the very heart of what we do in evangelization is meet people, and hopefully meet people where they're at, 
and so, and gradually bring them to that point where we can start teaching them about the faith and then they can enter into a deeper relationship with God. But that won't begin un unless we each enter into that spirit of evangelization and meet people. Uh, so yeah, that is at the very heart of what it, what it means to evangelize is to gather people and to meet them and to get to know them. Yeah, no, that's very true. And I think I'm, I'm thinking back to just even earlier in the segment when you talked about how, you know, early on, this is one of the tools that missionaries used uh, to catechize, you know, is to invite them to these pre-dawn novenas. You know, they were held at a time that was accessible to the folks, right, to, to you know, to people who, um, who were, do, you know, were gathering before they had to probably go out and, and work in the fields. Um, and so even just the accessibility of the novena was, it was really created um, as a way to welcome, perhaps. I mean, the, uh, the, the pre-dawn hour was chosen because one, like you said, farmers were going out to the fields. And then two, the fishermen were coming back in from, the, mm -hmm. uh, from fishing. So it made it, uh, it made it a convenient time for everyone to gather. And so the first missionaries saw that saw the value of gathering people together and found a way to uh, found a way so that they could uh, could accomplish that we need to i think in this day and age we need to have that same spirit and find ways that we can where we can gather people i know it's going to be a, it's still a little difficult with all the pandemic uh, uh, concerns but gathering people together is going to be the first step of evangelization and uh what in whatever way we can um, that's going to be the key important part of truly evangelizing and leading people to that catechesis and that relationship with Jesus uh, that will transform them. Uh, by any chance, do you, I know that um, people could probably see a little bit more on the website about the different nights, but do you have a list of the different nights available in front of you in terms of, you know, the, the folks from... Uh, uh, you know, what night one looks like and two. And so if, as people are listening, if they're thinking about maybe a night that they can find, <laughs> find a local parish that might be in their neighborhood. Um, I should have asked you to bring it on. I'm pulling it up right now. Awesome. See the magic uh, of technology. Yeah. So actually... I kind of want to brag about my own Southwest region right now. Um, <laughs> Do it. Go for it. <laughs> one, of the one of the beauties that I found in the Southwest region is that nine parishes had come together and made sure that they uh, made sure that within a 20 minute drive, 20 minute or so drive from one another, people can, people can complete the novena without having to go far and wide. And so it's been a collaborative effort. And so I, I knew that from I knew that from the beginning, I knew that uh, even before I was transferred here, I knew that there I knew that the Southwest parishes had come together in that regard, and I know the I know the parishes in Lake County have done the same thing, and that's really what I've been trying to stress with leaders is, don't pick dates based on your convenience, pick dates or and times and talk to local parishes so that you can come together and help people complete the novena so that, so that people don't have to go far and wide. 
Unfortunately, I think this year, because of the, uh, the pandemic concerns, there's less parishes that are participating. And also some, some parishes have been, have gone through Renew My Church. So some, so some parishes may have merged with one another and things like that. So that, uh, so I, that could be part of why there's a less number of parishes uh, taking part this year. But I think more it's because of the pandemic. People are still maybe a little bit hesitant. But on the first night, um, there's St. Mary of the Annunciation, Sacred Heart in Pelos Hills, Holy Name Cathedral, and St. Ferdinand. That's all on December 15th. Um, December 16th, Thursday, is St. Damien in Oak Forest, St. Raphael the Archangel in Old Milk Creek, Old St. Mary's downtown, and also St. Ferdinand. St. Ferdinand by, 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 uh, by uh, <coughs> sorry, has, has, uh, has, is hosting every night. So I won't repeat that. So, so St. Ferdinand's just presume that they have, they have it each night. Friday, December 17th, uh, St. Padre Pio, Mary, Mother of God, which is, was formerly named St. Ida, St. Michael in Orland Park, St. Robert Bellarmine, St. Mary of Vernon, St. Isaac Jogues, St. Catherine Labouret. Saturday, December 18th, Divine Savior, Santa Maria del Popolo, St. Joseph in Round Lake, Holy Child Jesus, which was formerly St. Margaret Mary, um, Our Lady of Mount Carmel, St. Gregory the Great, St. Francis of Assisi, uh, St. Paul the Sixth, which is the Mater Christi site in R North Riverside, St. Hubert, Queen of All Saints, and St. Gilbert. On Sunday, December 19th is St. Helen, St. Paul the Apostle in Gurney, St. Benedict, St. George in Tinley Park, Our Lady of Mercy. And Monday, December 20th, uh, St. Stephen, Deacon and Martyr in Tinley Park. Little Flower, which is was formerly St. Anastasia. Um, and then December 21st, St. Fabian in Bridgeview, St. Martha, which, uh, which is the Shrine of All Saints in Morton Grove, Our Lady of Humility in Zion. And then Wednesday, December 22nd, Our Lady of the Woods in Orland Park, St. Mary of the Lake, Our Lady of Lourdes, which have now been combined. Um, Most Blessed Trinity at the Immaculate Conception site and Queen of Angels. And then Thursday, December 23rd, which is the final day, will be here at St. Julie's and Prince of Peace in Lake Villa. And I also want to add that St. Peter's, St. Lambert's in Skokie is actually doing, um, is actually hosting the nine mornings at 6.30 a.m. So those who are in Skokie and want to, want to get up that early, um, they can celebrate the Simbangabi Novena at 6.30 in the morning at St. Peter's and St. Lambert. Awesome. Well, let's, let's take our last break and then we'll come right back.
Do you have an old bicycle that's not being used? Consider donating it to Catholic Charities Veterans Bike Project of Lake County. Skilled volunteers are refurbishing bicycles to make them safe and ready to be used by veterans to get to and from their new places of work. We also gratefully accept financial contributions that are used to purchase bike helmets and other safety accessories. Our veterans have faithfully served the United States and now it is our privilege to serve them. For more information on the Veterans Bike Project of Lake County, call 847-782-4219. That's 847-782-4219. We are at the Most Blessed Trinity Parish Food Pantry in Waukegan. And here we uh, care for people in need. There was definitely an uptick in the needs for services. We doubled our volume after COVID hit. From servicing about 250 families a week to about 500 a week. We supply bread, tortillas, vegetables, milk, cheese, butter, uh, proteins, fish, chicken, eggs. Well, the annual Catholic Appeal has been a tremendous help to us, especially over the past year and a half. Without the annual Catholic Appeal, we might have to close our doors. Um, our parish is the largest one in the archdiocese, but it's very poor. We think about food and we think about nourishment, but we also nourish the soul, provide that connection to humanity. The good works here are made possible through the annual Catholic Appeal. Make your gift at annualcatholicappeal.com. Good morning and we're back. Uh, welcome to Lifelong Journey, a radio program hosted by the Office of Lifelong Faith Formation in the Archdiocese of Chicago. And uh, as we're getting ready to wrap up our show here, Father Tiersa has been sharing a little bit about, you know, information about the novena, the history, even kind of the symbolism of the parole. Uh, and talking to us, you know, I, d I hadn't really thought of the time of the morning that one group of, of folks were coming in from work and another <laughs> group of folks was getting ready for work. And so that really, <laughs> yeah, I, um, I just, you know, I hadn't really thought of that. Um, <laughs> do you have, uh, where on uh, the Archdiocese website can people find more information? Do you have a, a website address or any, where can people look? So it's all on the Asian Catholic Initiative link on the Archdiocese website. Um, it's aci.archchicago.org. And on there is a, for, is a video that um, um, the media team of the Archdiocese helped, uh, helped to put together for me, where I give some, uh, a summary of the formational Formational session that I that I had for the leaders. Um, there's the schedule, of course, and other resources. There's the uh, uh, the there's different prayers for the different ministries that uh, that are going to be honored on those uh, on the specific nights. Um, so it should all be 
It should all be there on the ACI link. Um, I do have to mention that uh, there are still some um, stragglers uh, getting me their registration forms. So the schedule may not always be the most up-to-date. I'm sending the weekly updates uh, to the webmaster. Uh, so if, if a parish is not there yet, it may just be because um, the schedule hasn't been updated. No, that's good to hear. That's good to hear, too, that, you know, as it gets closer to the first day of Simbangabi, people can continue um, to look, to register, to see if there's another parish closer to their house or maybe for the next night. Um, we've got just about a minute left, Father Tirso. Is there anything else that, you know, that you would like to say to our listeners about, you know, this upcoming novena um, and, you know, how and how this can maybe help prepare people for Christmas? Just, as a, just to remind people that, again, because we're using the Simbangabina Vina this year to, to give thanks to 500 years of faith, um, keep sharing the faith by word and action, by what we do, what we say, and how we live. And in that way, we will encounter people, and they will encounter Jesus through us. And then we can enter into that process and journey of evangelization and hopefully invite people to become to become Catholic or to recommit themselves to being Catholic. But again, because we're celebrating 500 years of Catholicism and we're preparing for, for the birth of our Savior, recommit ourselves to sharing the faith. That's beautiful. Thank you so much for the opportunity to share this morning with you. Uh, and once again, for those of you who are interested, uh, there's more information on the uh, Asian Catholic Initiative website on the Archdiocese. Uh, there's information, there's names of parishes, there's addresses. Thank you so much, Father Tirso. You're welcome. Thank you. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Join us every Monday through Friday at this time for Catholic Chicago. You can stream our programs live or listen to past programs by visiting our website, archchicago.org, and clicking on Radio TV. And please connect with Catholic Chicago on social media.